Bulldog fans, it's time to hunker down. Impact Media's weekly drive right through the hedges onto Sanford Stadium. It's time to talk UGA Bulldogs. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. Welcome in. Real quickly, as always, if you would like to contact the show, here are all the ways you can do so. You can email us. 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3. E-N-D-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. If you want to include something Bulldog related in the subject line, that's great. If not, I'll probably be able to figure it out based on the content of your email. If you would like to search for us on Facebook, Impact Media, Hunker Down, or Jeremy York should do so. If you're one of those people that like to just click on a link and listen to a show, go to our Twitter page at Team Impact Media, where it is nothing but the show links. You just scroll down to the one you are looking for, click on it, and it will begin to play for you. If you want to find show links and more uh, fun things that I get into in and out of the studio, you can follow me personally at the Impact 99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. And you can also find this show in its podcast form. Anywhere you find a podcast, including Podcast One, the iTunes Store, Spotify, any of those places. If there is a place that you regularly find a podcast that we are not, please let us know and we will remedy that. So, another fun week of football. Another big win for Georgia. They, of course, beat Florida at the biggest outdoor cocktail party. Down in Jacksonville. Shout out to all my uh, friends in Jacksonville. I do have uh, a good many down there. Some fantastic people. Uh, I know they had a good time. Fantastic that a lot of you guys got to go see the game. I was able to see a lot of the social media posts of a lot of people down in that area, uh, including, uh, I guess we had a couple weeks ago, uh, Boyd Austin. He was down that way. Shout out to him for going down there. Just fantastic. And uh, let's talk a little about this game. This game uh, started a little like I thought it would. Georgia, it's like they like to feel out their opponent before they really get uh, everything in gear and everything going. I don't think they necessarily start slow. I think they like to to crawl, walk, run. They like They like to kind of motor it up as they go. Of course, they start start out uh, for a while. This thing ended up uh, well for the first two drives. Each team had the ball. Each team got near midfield, and each team ended up having to punt. And then UGA started to get it going as Edwards was able to rush his touchdown in. This whole drive was set up by uh, big plays from Brock Bowers and uh, Washington, the tight ends, and uh, that made it seven to nothing UGA with. 7.15 to go. And actually the first play for Florida, let me go back to that. The first play from Florida, their quarterback, Richardson, uh, took a little bit of a hit and he kind of come up limping. We thought maybe it affected him, that it was affecting him and why he wasn't running much, which is one of his best weapons. Um, it seemed to me that that was the case, but the coach and everybody on their side said, no, he, he has no injury. There's nothing going on. He's just not running at the moment because we're game planning to do other things. 
Okay, didn't sound like much of a cover-up, so we'll go with it. But uh, it did it did affect the way he played at least into the second quarter or so when he finally started to turn the Jets on and uh, do some big stuff. Um, Florida got the ball back after the score. They got a good push, and then there was a third down stop by the UGA defense that just continued to get better and better. It led to a punt. Uh, Brock Bowers continued to make big plays. This was a big game for him. Uh, McIntosh was able to rush the touchdown in with a minute 30 to go. That was 14 to nothing at that point. Um, Florida went three and out, punted to UGA. UGA, uh, Stetson actually threw a pass he probably shouldn't have. And, uh, well, it wasn't that he threw a bad pass. He threw a good pass. His receiver went up to get it and on his way down and uh, down to the ground as he was getting tackled. The defensive back for Florida just ripped it right out of his hand and then fell to the to the ground. And it was a it was a great I don't know if it was necessarily an interception. I, I would have called it more of a fumble, but either way it was a turnover and it gave them the ball late in the first and they because of the UGA defense they weren't able to do anything with it. So they had to punt and uh, that led us into the second quarter where Bowers tips the ball to himself. He goes up and tries to get a pass and up tipping it to himself. Goes 73 yards total with the catch and the run. That makes it 21 to nothing with 12 and a half to go in the first half. Uh, Nolan Smith hurt his shoulder and he was out as of this part of the game. It has been announced that he is going to miss the rest of the year. That's going to be a big loss for UGA, but I feel good about the depth and uh, because, I mean, it the depth they brought in at this game ended up getting the job done. So I feel pretty good about him doing that. Nolan Smith is a big, big guy to have out, but uh, I have faith in UGA to uh, figure it out. Uh, the UGA containment on defense is just, it was great so far. They, they Like I said, it wasn't necessarily, they weren't just immediately stopping everything. It was a lot of containment. It's like, okay, we'll give you two yards, but two yards three times leaves fourth and four, you're going to punt. And so that's kind of the way it was going. Um, the Florida defense was stepping up a good bit. There was a lot of punts back and forth, as I said. Florida was able to get a 52-yard field goal to make it 21-3 to with 5.5 to go. That was the career long for uh, that particular kicker, whose name was... There he is, uh, Mihalik. Mihalik's actually a pretty good kicker. He hit a 52-yarder, and he hit another one as well later on we'll get to that but it's 21 to 3 with five and a half to go uh, the Gators were able to stop a uh, uh, basically it looked like UGA was gonna go for it on fourth and one they couldn't get them to jump so they took the timeout and uh, actually Stetson Bennett rushed for the conversion but it ultimately led to a punt but a lot of time was taken off the clock we're talking six seven eight minutes and it was let's see if we could find yeah it doesn't really say but uh, a lot of time was off the clock and that was almost as good as scoring at that point um, they trade punts UGA gets the ball they do the one minute drill that leads to a lad McConkey uh, pass and catch touchdown from Stetson Bennett, 28 
to three at that point with 17 seconds to go. And then Florida basically runs out the clock as we kind of uh, expect them to at that point. So, hey, you're feeling pretty good. 28 to three. It's not a great Atlanta score, but you're on the other side of it this time. Well, no, you're on the same side of it this time, but it's, it's not Tom Brady on the other side. I'm not worried. Just weird we ended up with that number again. Uh, Florida takes uh, takes the ball in the second half. They were taking bigger shots. Uh, Richardson started to target, or started he was starting to get uh, more active. He and uh, you know he, he this is when he was starting to pick up some of the runs when they were there because UGA was giving him room and so he started to take it. I mean he ended up with. Uh, he only ended up with 19 yards rushing, but there were a lot of times where he was able to scramble and uh, make plays. He did throw for 271 yards uh, and a touchdown, which we will get to in a minute. Uh, Etienne was able to rush the touchdown in. That is Travis Etienne from Jacksonville. That is his little brother. Or is it just Travis? This is Trevor. Yeah, I want to make sure you get those right. This is this is Trevor. Trevor is really good, by the way. He he's he's probably as good as his brother. He's he's going to be a good runner uh, for a long time. But they get the rush touchdown there. That makes it twenty-eight to ten with nine and a half to go. Uh, UGA they fumble a couple plays in. The Gators were able to recover. They gave them the ball back. Twenty-six yard field goal. There's that other field goal I was talking about. Twenty-eight to thirteen. It's only a two-score game. That's that's not too bad with six minutes to go in the third. Stetson kind of gets a little excited. He throws an interception. Um, that leads to Florida getting a 78-yard touchdown pass to make it 28-20 to with three and a half minutes to go in the third. You know, it, it just seemed like they were getting a little excited. McConkie's been doing this and Bowers a little bit this year. And that's they, – they're getting a little too amped up. And it's it's leading to mistakes. So they they were able, Kirby calmed him down. He got him going. UGA's next drive right before the end of the third led with uh, Edwards rushing a touchdown late in the third to make it 35 to 20. Uh, Florida gets the ball is in the third. They continued. Uh, they failed on fourth and six near midfield. Uh, UGA had a fourth and seven. And there was a big pass to Bowers to convert that. McIntosh ends up running in the touchdown with about 11 minutes to go, 42 to 20 at that point. Uh, Florida was getting what I called scrambled chunks. They were getting chunks of yardage because of Richardson scrambling around. Um, they, they did throw the interception on the goal line at that point, and that basically sealed this game. Uh, the interception was called incomplete, and uh, but uh, it didn't matter because UGA ended up getting the I think turnover on downs at that point. Uh, Robinson came in to run the ball. Man, my goodness! The fact that there are at least probably five running backs that could run for over 100 yards a game is incredible. It's like watching Georgia State. Uh, Robinson came in with his runs. They were able to run the clock a lot at this point. Uh, it ends up being a turnover on downs because they go for on fourth and don't make it. With a minute and a half to go, Florida gets the ball. There's defensive pressure, and then the sacks start to add up. 
and then they turn over on downs with about six seconds to go. That means victory formation, 42 to 20, UGA wins. Now, they only gave up 100 yards rushing of the entire day. Uh, I want to shout out some of the defensive effort of Bernie and Torrance II for them. And uh, also the guys that got those interceptions, uh, Bernie had one and Perkins. Florida's a good team. They just, they had no answer for anything that Georgia could come up with. On Georgia's side, you get Bennett that was 19 for 38. That's not amazing. For 300 search, 316 yards, the two touchdowns and the two interceptions. Got to get a little better on that. Like I said, I think he just got a little excited. That one interception where he ripped the ball out was nothing you do about it. The other one, that was a that was an interception. It was a bad throw. Uh, Rushing-wise, Edwards ended up with two scores and 106 yards. McIntosh, two scores and 90. Uh, Robinson had 35. Overall, 239 yards on the ground. Receiving-wise, Bowers, five catches for 154 yards and a touchdown. Lad McConkey got involved with four catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. Bowers was turning into the safety blanket go-to receiver when you needed a play. And McConkey was, was adding when he could there. Uh, Washington actually had three catches for 47 yards. But um, a couple other people did as well. The McIntosh fumble, it happens. Defensively, you had sacks from uh, Smith and Chambliss and Williams. Got a lot of tackles for loss, I think eight in total. Uh, the tackle monsters were Bullard, uh, Dumas Jones, is it, is it Jones? Yeah. Johnson, sorry, Dumas Johnson, and Mondin Jr. Smith and Stackhouse threw in, Starks threw in a few as well. Uh, Dumas Johnson had five quarterback hurries. That uh, was half of what UGA got for the year. I mean, got for the, the game. Kicking-wise, Pod Lesney was 6-for-6 six six on extra points. He didn't have to kick you know, anything big. Uh, Shout-out to Thorson for his... Uh, he pinned two punts inside the 20 and uh, was just uh, just incredible overall. But that means another victory. We will go ahead and say this before we go to break. We know the new rankings come out, and we know that even though UGA is ranked above Tennessee in the SEC East standings because they are 5-0 and in conference to Tennessee's 4-0, and the playoff committee in their first week standings put Tennessee number one, Ohio State number two, UGA number three, and Clemson number four. Everybody else has weighed in on it, so here is my take. Those top three teams... You nailed it. Clemson, I'm not sure. And when they lose to Notre Dame later this, this week, we'll knock them out of there. I think five was Michigan, six was Alabama. I don't know that Alabama should be that high. Uh, Michigan, they're just happy to be at the dance. Them and Ohio State are going to have to play each other. Tennessee and Georgia play later this week. So that's going to shake it up a little bit. Alabama may benefit just from if if the top teams beat each other up, they could sneak in as a, as a four somewhere. So, um, But it is what it is. It's the first week of rankings. They had to put something down on paper. At least there's a base. Now we know going forward as these games develop, they'll move them around. 
So am I okay with Georgia at three? Fine. This is not the final standing, so it is what it is. But we are going to go to break, and when we come back from the break of telling you about our friends at BetOnline.net, we will talk and preview UGA versus Tennessee coming up this weekend. We will be right back after this break. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strong Style, Board Check, and That Sports Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Hunker Down. Make sure to visit our friends at BetOnline.net for their articles, for their wager lines, for their betting knowledge, for uh, the podcasts and things they do. There's so much information on there. Even if you just want to become a smarter fan or learn things you didn't already know, BetOnline.net is a great place for that, even if you cannot place legal wagers where you're at. And if you're a Georgia fan and you're here in Georgia, this is one of those places. Now, we told you about the big win over Florida and the playoff rankings and things like that. Uh, let's talk a little number one Tennessee versus number three Georgia. Both 8-0. This is Saturday, a 3.30 kick on CBS. UGA is a eight-point favorite, which, once again, counter, counter, you know, is counterproductive to the actual rankings there. But I think this game comes down to some very simple things, and we'll get to that in a second. We know Hendon Hooker is having a fantastic year. He's thrown for 2,300 yards. He has actually thrown for 11 less yards than Stetson Bennett, who is also right there at 2,300. 21 touchdowns, one interception for Hendon Hooker. They run the ball a little more, and uh, they're more slow and methodical at UGA. There's only nine touchdowns, three interceptions for Stetson Bennett. Um... You got Wright, who has 92 carries, 478 yards, five touchdowns for Tennessee. And Edwards for UGA, 71 carries, 440 yards, seven touchdowns there. You got to watch out for Hyatt on the outside. He has 45 receptions, 907 yards, 14 touchdowns. You got to think, two-thirds of Hooker's touchdowns have went to Hyatt. That's going to play a part in a minute. And then Brock Bowers, 31 receptions, 547 yards, three touchdowns for Georgia. Keep in mind, Georgia likes to run the ball, control the clock, win the line of scrimmage battle. That's the way they like to play. Tennessee likes to play loud and explosive and uh, through the air a lot more. So the numbers are going to be a little different. Defensively, Georgia's defense by far is head and shoulders better than Tennessee. Tennessee just tries to get enough stops so that the offense can outscore people. So far this year, they have done so. Starting all the way back in week one, they beat Ball State 59-10, to as they should. 
At the time, they were ranked 24. They beat 17 Pitt, 34 to 27. They blew out Akron, 63 to 6. They beat Florida just narrowly, 38 to 33, which should serve a little well because that's the common opponent, and UGA blew Florida out. Uh, Tennessee then beat LSU, 40 to 13. They then beat Alabama, 52 to 49, in one of the most exciting games of all time. They beat UT Martin 65 to 24, as they should. And last week they blew out Kentucky 44 to 6. Yeah, they uh, have blown out the people they needed to, and they narrowly beat the really tough teams. So here's what it comes down to: it comes down to pace. Like I said, Tennessee wants to play fast. They want to play loose. They want to play aggressive. UGA wants to do the opposite. They want to slow things down. They want to control the line of scrimmage. They want to run the ball, run the clock. They want to be in control of as much of this game as possible. On defense, Tennessee is just going to try to get stops when they can so that the offense can keep outscoring Georgia. What Georgia defense is going to want to do is contain the passing game. It's one of my three keys. One of my three keys to a Georgia victory is that you have to you have to control. You're not going to stop. You have to control Hendon Hooker uh, and Hyatt and, and this explosive this explosive attack. Hendon Hooker, by the way, is doing himself a, a big favor for NFL and postseason honors because he's having a spectacular year. But key number one, you have to contain Hendon Hooker and Hyatt and this great, explosive, aggressive offense. I think you have the personnel to do so. They're going to try to target your defensive backs, but that's where uh, the pass rush is going to come into play, and that is where the linebackers can drop into coverage and help you out when need be. Number two. Number two, key, the second key to this, you have to play UGA football. You can't get in a score-for-score we got to score every three minutes like Tennessee. If they do a quick drive and score, great. That's the way they play. The way you play is slow and methodical, slow in a good way, slow and methodical and cerebral, and you run the ball and you pound the ball and you take your shots to Brock Bowers and Washington when you need to and Ladd McConkey and those guys when you need to. You use the run to set up the pass to set up the run. They work in conjunction with each other. You control the clock. You use five, six, seven, eight minutes at a time off the clock and that, and keep their offense off the field as much as possible. That means you keep your offense on. And key number three, you got to win the turnover battle. You can't throw bad interceptions. You have to hang on to the football because if you turn the ball over and give Tennessee extra possessions, they're going to beat you. They're going to beat you. And I'll tell you right now, who do I believe in my heart will win this game? I've got the Georgia Bulldogs winning this game. It's not because this is a Georgia show, because if I thought else, elsewhere, I would tell you. Um, I will also be the one to tell you that the pace is what will dictate this entire thing. If it's a fast-paced game, the Tennessee Volunteers are going to win. And I will be the first to stand here and, and call the upset and say that is why they will win. If Georgia is able to play Georgia football, as I said, if they are able to control everything and play their game and not give in to Tennessee wanting to go fast, 
UGA is going to win this. And I very much think they will, and they will probably flip in the rankings. And that would probably make a lot of sense. But there you go. There you go, Georgia fans. As I said, 3.30 on CBS. It's going to be Tennessee up in Athens against UGA. It's uh, fantastic. Every, um, a lot of Georgia fans I've ran into this week in various places I have had this debate with. I said the same argument to them. They have agreed. Some of them brought up some of those arguments. I was able to use some of their arguments here. Uh, this is probably going to be, it could be a preview of either an SEC title or a potential playoff or a playoff final down the road. But this is going to be a big game. It's one of the biggest games of the year. This is bigger than Tennessee, Alabama. This is bigger than any other game. Georgia hosting Tennessee. Somebody's going to leave with a loss. It's the only way that's going to happen. But hope you guys are watching. Appreciate you guys listening to all the great things we do here at Impact Media, especially Hunger Down. This has been another great edition of Hunker Down. We will see you guys next week, hopefully to talk about a UGA victory. And if not, the sun will still rise, and we will talk about how they're going to stay in it. But until then, we'll see you guys next week. Go dogs.